You are listening to Curious Cat, a podcast that examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide, and I'm your host, Jennifer Holtz. Join me every week as I examine what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. Welcome to Curious Cat. Hello and welcome. Thanks for being here. I want to thank you for listening, for liking, and for rating the show. It's helping us to pop up near the top of the new podcast, and I'm so grateful to you. We've done some heavy lifting these last few weeks together, haven't we? I was determined to lighten up a bit this week on our episode. It was going to be about internet rumors. I promised to do it later on. But then the mat, uh, the universe spoke and pulled this episode together, so I can't ignore it. Let's get into it. Today we're talking about the earth body, soul energy, and higher self unite. Lately, I've been making an effort to write down what I remember from dreams in a journal each morning. It's not consistent. It's kind of hit or miss. More often than not, I've forgotten the gist of my dreams. I mean, by the time I fed the pets and brewed the coffee and found a pen and sat down. And often all I'm left with is this general feeling that I got from the dreams that my words don't do justice. But last night, two dreams stuck. In the first, I was sitting in this unfamiliar living room with other people. I was resting my elbow on a long rectangle-shaped table. The others in the space seemed festive. They were visiting with me, and they sat on the other side of the table. And as we were speaking, I noticed this burgundy cloth draped over it. As I touched the tablecloth, it dawned on me that this was a coffin. And then I pulled my elbow away. That was my father's coffin? I was embarrassed and shocked at the same time. Was it his body in there? I looked across the room, and that's when I saw a series of wood panels all across the wall, like something out of the 1970s decor. In that instant, I kind of remembered that there was a hidden place, like a a closet behind that panel, and that's where my father's ashes were in a vessel. So I was a little bit relieved, but it's kind of spooky anyway. In the second dream, it took place in a, like a small uh, canoe, like a a little boat. I floated by myself on this um, water path that meandered like, um, if you think of it's a small world, except the waters curved around and through this Taj Mahal, the same as the Taj Mahal, but slightly different. You know how it happens in dreams. We morph things a bit. So the sun was sparkling on the aqua ripples, and up ahead I saw this big gray and blue elephant. And as I came closer, she approached, she regarded me with these ice blue eyes. She had this elaborate gold and red saddle on her back and a matching headdress. The path, the water path, took me 
right between the majestic animal's legs. And as I sailed beneath and I was shaded by her, I said, I love you, elephant. I love you. The uh, majestic creature, she considered me as I floated away. And then she reached out and grazed my cheek and the top of my head with her trunk. And the words that stood out from the both dreams were coffin, ashes, and elephant. I underlined them in my, my journal entries. In the back of that same dream journal, there's a glossary of key terms and what they may symbolize. All three symbolize burying the past, leaving the past behind. They are affirmations to move forward. So it's one united message, and it hit me square in the heart. It wasn't what I expected. I guess dreams never are. They are the messages you need but probably don't want. So while the dream knowledge was settling into my brain, I walked along a beach and sat near the waves, and then I streamed this meditation in uh, headphones that I randomly picked. The meditation was about acknowledging our earth body, soul energy, and higher self. Sound familiar, right? It's the title of this episode. Uniting their energy into one was the purpose of the meditation, finding balance between the three, and in that way, honoring all of ourselves simultaneously. It was a beautiful meditation. And there's more to it than that, but I'll come back to those realizations after we break down what's meant by our earth bodies, our soul energy, and higher selves. So the earth body, I speak about what that is in the intro. Earth bodies are our meat suits. It's this special vehicle that allows us to move about this stunning dynamic planet and operate through this life. But the most critical thing to understand is that it has its own consciousness. Most times, the earth body consciousness works to keep us healthy, out of harm's way, you know, like the alighted alerts on your car dash for low fuel, um, tire pressure, you know, airbag detection, whatever, you name it. Those alerts can be super helpful, but they can also get a bit annoying, right? The biggest problem, in fact, with our earth body consciousness is that no matter what else is going on, we stop everything and react first to the earth body alerts. Think about that. From making money to pay for essentials, to gym time, to basic self-care like brushing teeth and showering, making meals, eating, cleaning up, um, our day is pretty much gobbled up by the earth body needs. Add the self-imposed demands of social media or, you know, getting together with friends or family, volunteering, whatever. Almost all of our waking hours are primarily focused on the care and keeping of this meat suit. That means there is no balance. Where's the time for our souls or our higher selves? How can we carve out any other time? I think a good place to start is to become aware of the earth body alerts. Have you ever heard that saying, when everything's an emergency, then nothing is? Notice the next time your metaphorical low fuel light screams at you. Is it really that you're hungry or are you just used to eating at noon? Find a safe way to just acknowledge the earth body alert, but then 
maybe postpone reacting to it. You can tell yourself, I have a cup of yogurt right beside me and I'll take the time to eat it in a couple minutes. You'll be fine. That might be a safe way to turn off the alert while also acknowledging the physical need you have to eat. What about our soul energy? The soul. Scientists continue to this day to prove the existence of the soul. Over a hundred years ago, a doctor claimed the weight of the soul was 21 grams. That was based on one postmortem weight of one deceased elderly patient. 21 grams. It's a number that's been quoted countless times as the true weight of the soul. In fact, if you Google it now, you'll probably see it there but it's not been backed by subsequent studies. An article about the science of NDEs or near-death experiences seems to give credence to there being more to us than our earth bodies or meat suits. The brain, even without blood flow, continues to make connections between alpha and gamma as well as releasing serotonin or those happy chemicals, which seem to be clear evidence um, of those millions of reports of people that have temporarily their vitals flatlined and then they've come back saying that they felt at peace and they saw their lives flash before their eyes. Many that come back from these NDEs have vivid recollections of seeing their earth bodies on the hospital bed, like viewing it from above as a soul and then slipping out of the room and into what is they describe as heaven They'll interact with people that they've known that have crossed over already or um, celestial beings. It's it's kind of an interesting place to go on the internet. The people, um, inevitably, it's almost universal that they return unafraid of death. And usually they begin a spiritual journey if they haven't already started one prior to their brief passing. One doctor in particular had his whole perspective and career uprooted by his near-death experience. A doctor changes his tune. Dr. Eben Alexander, 68, told The Sun that before his alleged near-death experience in 2008, his 25 years spent working as a surgeon made him skeptical that an afterlife could exist, believing that when we die, our consciousness dies along with us. But calling his NDE profound and life-changing, Alexander has since experienced a 180-degree flip in his belief system, having claimed to have seen heaven from his own eyes, calling it more real and alive than the realm we currently inhabit. I basically used to have a very conventional scientific and reductive materialist view that consciousness was created by the brain and that only the physical world exists, Alexander said. And what my coma journey showed me is that consciousness is something that is fundamental in the universe and does not originate in the brain. What I experienced was the most extraordinary, memorable, detailed, and ultra-real experience of my life, Alexander continued. In fact, the world we live in, this material world, is more kind of cloudy and dreamlike than what I saw on the other side. That world is sharp, crisp, and alive, and very real. So how much time in the day do we utilize to take care of our soul energy? If you practice a faith, then you might pause daily or weekly to pray or attend services. If you have some serious self-discipline, you may meditate once or twice a day. 
And depending on what you do for a living, you may be paid to plug into your soul energy. I'm thinking now of therapists, teachers, religious leaders, coaches, yoga instructors, frontline medical workers, as well as creatives, such as artists, writers, musicians, and actors. That creative channel is directly connected to the soul. In fact, the easiest way I've found to cure writer's block is to unkink the line between my heart, brain, and crown chakra, or in other words, the soul connection. That's why often a walk out in nature or a swim or soak in the bath or shower, even a good night's sleep will usually do the trick. So speaking of sleep, your earth, your body, your earth body and soul are master multitaskers. They take full advantage as you sleep. The earth body heals as the subconscious or soul conscious enjoys access to your whole self. Your brain works through the events of the day, through your dreams, and if you work at it, your dream life can become super powerful. You can train yourself to lucid dream, which is manipulating the actions of a dream. I was excellent as at this as a kid. Like I often had really bad nightmares. Then my mom told me, you're in control of your dreams. You decide what you're going to dream about and how what the outcome is. And that changed everything for me. It's something I took for granted, and then in college, for whatever reason, I lost the ability completely. I've been lately working those muscles in hopes I can make lucid dreaming a part of my regular nighttime pursuits again. Some people are able to astrally project in their sleep. This is worth an episode all on its own. I'd love to interview someone that teaches others this technique and the way to achieve this. In the meantime, though, Astrally projecting is described as your soul leaving your earth body to explore other parts of the world or universe. I have serious astral projection envy, and there's a list of places I'd love to explore as a soul. I think my first stop would be the internet alleged vaults of the Vatican, if I'm honest. Regardless of whether you lay your head on the pillow and don't stir until the alarm rings, or you have epic dreams, Just know that sleep is soul time, which is a good reason to make getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night a priority. As an aside on souls, this morning I read about this guy that's selling his soul as an NFT or a non-fungible token. I mean, usually people sell digital art is what you normally see for sale as NFTs, and he's selling his soul. He has conditions about how the new owner can use his soul, who they cannot sell it to, and what exact demons they can summon using his soul. The links to this strangely modern take on the soul are in the show notes if you're interested in reading more about it. So that's soul energy. Now let's pivot to the last of our three parts, the higher self. I tried to find a cohesive uh, definition of the higher self on the interwebs. Wikipedia defines the higher self as a term associated with multiple belief systems. Well, fair enough, that, that works. But their basic premise was describing it as an eternal, omnipotent conscience and intelligent being that is one's real self. That resonated too. There were other parts that said that it's we're the inseparable ray of the universe and ourselves 
It's God above, more than within us. Each and every individual has a higher self. I mean, some of it was felt like gobbledygook, and it didn't really express what I feel to be the truth, but I can't put words to. From learnreligions.com, it's, they say it's not some entity separate from you, but an aspect of who you are, which kind of, that sounds more on the point to me. Often when people speak about knowing their higher selves, they're referring to the knowing or awakened aspects of themselves. It's through your higher self that the deepest truths and hidden knowledge is accessed. I really like that. The term higher self is often used by individuals who feel strongly connected to spirit. And me as an individual, I found that to be true too. So when do we connect with and nurture our higher selves? I know for sure I've basked in it before and during deep meditation. I've experienced it as this feeling of euphoria, like a warmth, this connection, this feeling of being connected to everything else in love. It's like us as individuals plugged into the collective. Do you think that you've experienced your higher self or are you shaking your head? Well, have you ever been warned like a whispering or a knowing through your head that tells you to be careful, like not to step onto a certain path or cross into a certain intersection in your car, even though you have the green light. And then you've seen that something harm, you know, some harm would have come to you if you had done so. That was your higher self. On the other hand, have you experienced the same type of knowing about a place or person and then ignored it? And then later on, you experienced something negative? Yeah, I have. I mean, most recently I had tunnel vision about this business venture. It was a small thing, but I spent hours diving into it and working on it. I kept ignoring the little warnings and obstacles the universe was putting there to say, don't do this. This isn't worth your time. But I wanted it and I extruded the result basically. And guess what? You know what happened. It was an epic flop. I wish I could have that time back, but it's okay. It's all good. Some people call this knowing or higher self their guardian angels or guiding spirits. That's cool. Call it whatever you like. I am not a semantics gatekeeper. I found that some people are uncomfortable attributing this to internal forces, but I believe it's both internal and external in nature. Earlier when I said whisper, you know, about the warnings from your higher self, that's because most of the time our earth bodies have the megaphone and we remain somewhat oblivious to our higher selves. I wonder, and this goes out as an intention I am setting for myself in this moment, but will that voice, that higher self voice increase in volume if I bother to listen or if I make more room for it? I'm I'm hopeful it will. The meditation I mentioned at the top of the episode described our three selves as holding hands, joining their energy and being equals, all of parts working for one purpose, for our greater good. I think of the times in my life when it's felt like everything was going my way. If you're a gamer, 
I can describe this as the Mario golden mushroom effect, and you'll know exactly what I mean. It's when you're impervious from harm. You cut through obstacles like a hot knife through butter. You're faster, and events almost seem to be tilted in your direction. Another example is when Harry Potter takes that Felix Felicius potion, that liquid gold, and everything goes his way after that. Those are the moments where our three selves are in tandem. It's the sweet spot. We need to endeavor to have more of these magical moments, make decisions that are right for us in the long and short term, and for all parts of ourselves. I think that finding where the three parts of ourselves intersect is the key. For example, I mentioned yoga. Yoga is, um, it's part spiritual, part physical. It might be nurturing all three of ourselves. You know, any place where you're doing, you're taking care of two boxes, you know, of those boxes versus three, I feel is a sweet spot. Take note of those and try to do more of it. Often, if we are listening to our quieter selves, the soul energy and higher self, then what's whispered may not make complete sense. But if it does no harm to us and others, why not take a little leap of faith and see how that choice goes for you and make a note of it? I talked with someone recently who said they have bad luck. I think the quote was, nothing ever works out for me. With love on my heart and wishing no harm to any, what would the result be? Even when we're still unable to hear the soul and higher self loudly, what if we simply chose differently? Like take the opposite course of our earth body instincts. Would it make things worse? Could it? I wonder. I think we're seeing a lot of people questioning their normal way of life before the pandemic, and now. And you're hearing about, what is it called? The great, it's the not the great recession. It's like the great resignation where people are rethinking their lives. They're saying, do I really want to commute to and from an office building? That's two hours of my day that I don't get paid for. And it stresses me out to go to a job, to work for somebody else. I think we're seeing a lot of people pushing the boundaries of their earth body needs and their soul energy needs and their higher self needs and trying to find more balance right now because lockdown really changed our priorities, didn't it? And um, I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable to have these conversations, but I think it's super important that we continue to do that because What we were doing before wasn't good for the earth and it wasn't good for ourselves, our our families, our our souls, our our lives. It's going to be interesting to see what unfolds the next few years. If you're looking at a challenge, and it may not be specifically a job, but if you're looking at trying to find balance, you can come to it with fresh eyes by looking at it upside down, like approach your challenge as a stranger, as an outsider. I think it's why after traveling far from home, we tend to return and look around our community and our spaces with such sweetness. We've 
left and gained perspective by being gone for a while. So we spoke of turning up the volume on our quiet selves, but how do we turn down the volume on our earth self? Ask for balance. Say it out loud. I want balance. Seek balance. When you're faced with a real world, two-dimensional decision, stop and ask for guidance. Then observe what comes next. I mean, be hyper aware. Listen with those hide-and-seek ears. You know the ones we used when we were little kids and listened for every last footfall or breath during that childhood game? After you receive a response, act on it. And maybe like the shy child in the classroom, when you show through your actions that you're listening, your angels or guides or the universe They tend to speak up more often and in a slightly louder tone. Every time I've said you, I mean us. I'm on this journey with you. I'm learning to trust the unseen, which I'm trying to acknowledge as facets of myself. I'm a work in progress too. I can't wait to hear if this is shaping positive changes in your life. I'll share mine here as well. I promise. Even if I cringy cry or I have to remain silent for a few seconds too long to the point of being awkward because I'm overwhelmed, we are all beautiful, broken messes endeavoring to become all of ourselves. I've included all the links in the show notes to the research and articles referenced in today's episode. That's where you'll also find the show outline and links to my amazing art director and audio engineer. Isn't the sound quality great? Thanks, Aiden. Our cover art is super cool too. Thank you, Nora. Please connect with the show on Insta, Twitter, or Facebook. If you are enjoying the show and find value in it, please take time to leave a like or review. Then take a screenshot and DM me on socials. I'll send you a free podcast sticker if you're in the U.S. and you're one of the first 100 to do it. Until next week, stay curious and be well. I love you.